0: I am intentionally putting this out not around a new year because new year's resolutions don't work and I teach the science of habit setting to leaders, to my undergrads, to others as part of a well-being practice, as part of a leadership practice because what happens when we try to do a lot of things at once and we try to change a lot of things at once is we do pretty much assured not to do any of them well. So we've been taught to have those long lists of new year's resolutions and Just think about it. How many of those have you kept in the past? And have you ever kept an entire New Year's resolutions list that's more than like two things? Probably not. I definitely haven't. Uh, And that's because we have certain, well, certain elements need to be in place in order to make or break any habit. And this is just based on what people in, say, the advertising industry are masters of because they understand what compels us, what gets us to do things. And if you just think about your mobile phone, people who design those things are masters of human behavior. They're habit forming. They buzz. We want to see what's going on. We pick them up and we do the thing, which is check your phone. And then we get a little dopamine hit as a reward. And that is actually like a four-step cycle that we go through to build a habit. So if you think about that, I would encourage you not to set New Year's resolutions ever, ever again, but to just focus on forming rituals. I really like to ritualize things. And this is something that i really worked on in 2022, actually. Um, I'm recording this toward the end of 2022. But looking back on the year, I decided to make a ritual out of as many things as I could this year, because human beings are creatures of ritual. You know, we love rituals, we have holidays, we have things that our family always eats and always does, and we have these beautiful emotional memories attached to ritual, and it's part of a feeling of belonging. It's it's just a beautiful thing. So I decided to ritualize as many things as possible, and the most basic part of that was creating a morning ritual that I actually really enjoyed rather than something I should do because you know my life motto these days is hashtag fuck should should is not a good concept should implies that you don't really want to do something so whenever you're saying you should do something it means you probably don't want to and therefore it's going to be much harder to do because it's it's not fun you're not you're not going to enjoy it so find things that you don't have to should yourself into and make those your good habits, because I assure you, there are plenty of good things you probably do actually want to do, or that you can create the the scene for, set the scene for, so that it is a pleasure to do them. Even if it's, you know, things that it's like paying bills, you know, turn on some music, light some candles, put on, put on some Marvin Gaye and pay your gas bill. You know what I mean? Make it somehow a pleasure, make it a, a kick. But I'm going to talk about my morning ritual, because that sets the tone for my day. And I'll say up front, I'm not 100% on it. I don't do it every day. But it's a mix of things that I know make my day better that I do find pleasure in doing and things that I, I know I struggle to get to. So there's this great technique called sandwiching, which is just about putting a habit you don't necessarily like or a habit that you're trying to make a habit between two things you always do. So an example of that is When I was in college, I wanted to do more squats. So I would do squats in between, well, I'd do squats while I brushed my teeth because I wasn't gonna leave for the day without having brushed my teeth. So I just built that into my habit. I got out of bed, I brushed my teeth first thing. I knew I was gonna do that. So then I sandwiched in my squats before I got dressed for the day. So in between brushing my teeth and getting dressed, I created a new habit of doing squats every day. So my morning ritual basically goes something like this. I lure myself out of bed with the promise of coffee because when it's cold, especially in the winter months, it's cold, it's dark. I live in a place that has very cold tile floors pretty much everywhere. And it's hard to get out of bed. So I put my slippers next to the bed so that my feet stay warm. I go make coffee. And then after I have my coffee... I then get out either my tarot cards or an oracle deck. And that might not be your jam, but this is mine. It's an opportunity to ask myself things. So I think of these as things that connect me to my own wisdom, my higher self, whatever vocabulary works for you. Just interrogating your wisdom, giving yourself time and space to ask questions, or maybe it's that you're asking source or the universe, whatever works for you. Even if woo-woo isn't your thing, I assure you there's value in this. Just try it. So I will pull an oracle card or a few or a tarot card and I often ask myself the same thing. It's just, I have time to pull one card, what do I need to know today? Or maybe I have a specific question that I really, I really want some insight on. You know, what should I do about this particular project or conflict or relationship or whatever? And... I find that the answers always blow my mind, the insight always blows my mind, so that keeps me coming back. So it's a habit that I enjoy and it also gives me great insight. Something that I've started doing recently is I try first thing when I wake up for my first thought to be about what am I grateful for. Just one thing, because studies have shown that practicing gratefulness actually makes you healthier, happier, and makes you live longer. It changes your brain, it changes your life. So. I then meditate for sometimes just five minutes. I try to go for 15, which really goes fast once you're in flow. If that isn't your jam, like being quiet and meditating, you can go for a run, go for a walk, find something that allows you to just focus on one thing. That's the definition of mindfulness, really. It's putting your focus on just one thing. And it might be that you just take a few moments and take some deep breaths and only focus on your breath, or you practice a certain kind of breath work, maybe you do box breathing, which is where you inhale for four, hold for four, exhale for four, hold for four, or you can hold you can exhale for a bit longer, up to a count of six. That also is a great one. But that's my morning ritual. And what I discovered was I had to really create time for it. So I never have meetings before ten a m, even if it's online. Nothing before ten a m because I know I need a couple of hours to sort of, get into flow in my day. And I don't like to feel rushed. And if I feel like I'm rushed, I tend to squash my mindfulness practice or compress it or, or even leave bits of it out. And I really need that morning ritual because it gives me a kind of a home base every day. It's a great place to start. And then my day goes differently. So this is just to encourage you to ritualize your morning in some way to start your day that way. And then if you know you tend to have a certain time of day when you get tired or stressed, what is a way that you can ritualize something? You know, create like a moment of rest in your afternoon. If you're like me and between three and five, I call it my valley of death because I just crash. It's my energy just drops through the floor. So I know not to schedule any big meetings between three to five, Don't try to do any creative work after about one o'clock because mornings are my flow time when I have a lot of energy and I'm most creative. So I I do admin or I take a break for lunch or whatever during that time. And if I know I'm going to have a stressful day, I literally just book in little toilet breaks to go to the toilet, spend a couple minutes longer than you actually need to breathe, to just close my eyes sometimes even when i'm having you know a busy day a stressful day a lot is being asked of me and i have to be in my head a lot i just close my eyes for a few seconds and i take three breaths and maybe i squeeze my eyes and release them a few times because there can be a lot of tension there so what i'm suggesting is just create little Ritualize the moments of self-care in your day. Set yourself up because your life is yours and you have control over a certain amount of it. And even if you have kids who jump on you at, you know, 6am or whatever, find a way. Give yourself three minutes in the bathroom when they're napping or if you're commuting somewhere, maybe you're driving and you have time to just turn on a mindfulness track While you drive or you commute on public transport, and you can literally close your eyes and be on your headphones or just focus on your breath, it is possible. Start looking for ways where it's possible. And then also use that sandwiching technique. If it's something you know you struggle to get to, which is basically all of us. So don't think that those who have a mindfulness practice are somehow they have more space in their life or they're just more enlightened. No, that's not the case. They've set it up. Okay, I promise this. So, how can you set it up for success? What can you sandwich it between? Maybe when you are brushing your teeth, it's your time to think of three things you're grateful for or whatever. And set up reminders for yourself, put them in your diary, stick things on your mirror, whatever you need to do. This stuff doesn't happen by accident. It happens consciously. It happens intentionally. So set up a morning ritual for yourself in some way. Set up a ritual during your day that will help you to operate optimally. And this is exactly the stuff that I actually do in my resilience, work-life balance, leadership workshops, um, and in my sessions with leaders, because it's so important, especially if you're busy, especially if you're in a leadership position or you have to make decisions, might be that you're a parent and a boss and or lots of things that require a lot of time and attention and strategic thinking and decision making. So it's even more important that you set yourself up to do that with as little stress and as consciously as possible. So I won't go into the neuroscience of stress and what it does to our brains and our frontal cortex and our ability to think strategically, because it's not good. So the more stressed and busy you are, the less able you're going to be to make good, clear decisions and to be creative about your own well-being. So learn to breathe. It's one of the most important things you can do. Build some time into your day, especially when you're stressed. It's even more important than when you are calm and feel like you have a lot of time to do a little ritual, do a little self-care, do some mindfulness. So those are just some suggestions that I'm putting out there during a time of year when we don't tend to be in the mindset of setting new habits like we do every January in our culture. And I hope that this hits you when it needs to hit you. I hope you find this at the right moment, just when you're thinking, "Mm, I really need to fill in the blank. Create more mindfulness, de stress, whatever. It starts and ends with you. You live your life. Your life doesn't live you. So take a few breaths. And if you're feeling that that statement that I've just said is not true, then you definitely need to take a few breaths and and realize that life doesn't have to be on top of you. You really do have the ability to slow down time, to slow down stress, to switch off your reactive nervous system. So If you have any questions about this, please do reach out. I absolutely love talking about this and guiding people through this. I hope that it finds you better at the end of this little solo than at the start because you can help yourself and you can absolutely help yourself. And it's not magic, it's science. So follow that process of creating space by turning off the stress, taking some breaths, and then see what happens next. Because I promise you, The moment you start to interrupt your stress mindfully, life will start to change. Your stress levels will start to change. Your ability to think clearly will change. So yeah, as I said, reach out to me with any comments, questions, suggestions. Maybe you've got some great rituals, some great stress interruption techniques that work for you. I would love to hear about them. I would love to chat about this further. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. If you know me, you already know that. (laughs) But I'd love to hear from you. So take a deep breath smile because that signals to your body that everything's actually okay and your mood will follow and i hope you have a beautiful day thanks for getting uncomfortable with me if you enjoyed this episode follow and like the discomfort practice wherever you listen to podcasts leave me a five star and written review and share this with other people Help me to reach new audiences with this idea that consciously practicing discomfort helps us to individually and collectively discover our superpowers and create a society and a planet where everyone can thrive. Thank you so much to my guests all season. Go back and listen to a few more episodes to hear more of them. They are wonderful humans doing amazing things in the world thanks to my team who helped me produce this podcast, and for those who inspire me through their writing, their conversation, and their support. So that's all from me for now. Follow me on Instagram at Reed if you want to get to know me a bit better, some of my thoughts, and in the meantime, stay uncomfortable.